Welcome back to the Shed the Shame podcast, folks. I am your co-host, Alex Kobelfrake, the founder and CEO of the Agenda Period app, alongside Aljolin, the CEO and founder of Ladybox. We are joined by two wonderful women, Amanda and Savannah, who will be sharing their own cycle stories with us today. They are embodied feminine leadership coaches and the co-founders of Embrace Your Wild. Through embodiment, spirituality, and self-acceptance, work Embrace Your Wild empowers female leaders to unlock and unbody their next level of unbridled, authentic expression and their version of wild in their relationship and purpose-driven work. Through deeply transformational retreats, their six-month two-to-one coaching program, and their free Facebook community, The Sisterhood, Amanda and Savannah relentlessly strive to create a world where all women are sovereign, fulfilled, and creating lives that are a true reflection of their whole selves. With backgrounds in art therapy, movement, music, and co-active leadership, they empower their whole life transformation through the integration of mind, body, and spirit sounds incredible. So thank you both so much for being with us today. As we mentioned, we love to start off with a cycle check-in. So I'm curious, where are y'all checking in today on your cycle? Whoever wants to go first. Oh, um, I'm in follicular right now. Awesome. And what about you, Amanda? I have zero idea. I have not had a cycle like we understand it to be in uh, probably over a decade. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. A more of a free range, free range cycle. <laughs> that, that is a, that's a term from my friend, um, Kate from Funky Wellness. I think it's just so relaxing to, to put that language around it. Um, mm. I am checking in on day two of my period. I am for the second month in a row bleeding on the new moon. So that was very exciting. I'm like, what is a brew here during the Scorpio new moon? Who knows? Mm. Aljolin, what about you? Where are you checking in with your cycle today? Um, free range over here too. I have the Mirena IUD, so it's very free range, but I'm noticing that my energy is starting to pick up. So we might be heading into the follicular. Who knows? Who knows? Or even ovulation. So we'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you all for doing a cycle check-in. We are really excited to be joined with you today and to learn more from you all share, sharing your stories and shedding some shame. So let's jump in. Uh, Amanda, you have been battling endometriosis for over 14 years. I'm curious mm-hmm. to learn more about that and how you find comfort in that journey or how you have found comfort in that journey. Sure. Big questions. Do you want to ask one that narrows that down a little bit? I'm not sure where to start. <laughs> well, how about, how about how, what has endometriosis been like for you? What has been your experience so far? It's been very painful. Um, and it's, there's a duality in it for me. It's incredible. It's excruciatingly painful. It's like, like there are no words. I don't have words to put in to context, the kind of pain that hits you, um, or hits me. Cause I know every woman experiences endo differently. Um, and it's been this incredibly beautiful invitation back home to my body. Um, there, there's, there is a, a huge duality there. It, uh, it took like four plus years to be diagnosed. And I was in and out of the hospital for those four years, weekly sometimes. And, um, yeah, 
Yeah. I have, I have a lot of reverence for, for that. Amanda, she is a gladiator. Um, it was really, it was really difficult. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know why I was in so much pain. I was collapsing in public from pain. I had to take my car off the road because I didn't trust myself behind the wheel. It's like the, these flashes of, or the, it was more like a wave, like a, a wave of pain would like upwell in me and it would sort of feel like a cramp and then it would get so much worse. And I would stop breathing and I would go white and I would have cold sweats and then I'd collapse because like my body just couldn't interface with the pain. So it would just shut itself down. Um, all my relationships changed. My friends didn't understand how to support me, what I was going through. Seeing somebody in pain like that is really difficult. I definitely understand that, but also like there's not like there was a scar on my body or a bleeding wound or a broken limb, you know, people from the outside looking in just saw a perfect, you know, quote unquote, perfectly functioning human. And I was far from that on the inside and to make matters even worse, like the doctors didn't know what was going on. So I was poked and prodded and this test and that test and imaging and and I would be at the hospital so long, like the, the shift change would happen. And then I'd have a new set of doctors and they'd have to figure out where the old set left off and they would rerun tests. And it was there. And then no joke. I have multiple stories. I don't know. Do you guys watch friends? Have you seen friends? And you know, there's that episode where there's like Ross has something on his ass cheek. And he's like trying to go anywhere to figure out what it is and like understand, right? And then he's somewhere and the doctor asks him to drop his trousers. And so he does. And then that doctor calls in like seven other doctors like, oh, hey, Johnson, you got to get in here. Take a look at this. And he's just, you know, his ass out in the room with all. I have been that person like spread eagle with a like a ultrasound wand up my vagina and having other doctors come in and be like, Oh, you got to take a look at this mortifying. It's mortifying. And you're in pain the whole time. Like what circle of hell did I find myself in? That was a a consistent question that I was asking during that time. Um, I think it's so interesting that you use the term gladiator. And I think, you know, when you think of a gladiator, it's messy it's bloody it's painful and it's exhausting and that's exactly from what I've heard from other endo warriors that that it's it's like that um and then you having to go from like physician to physician to understand what was going on and is going on in your body and being poked and prodded I mean it's just like uh, it's almost like the scenario of like if if anybody has seen the gladiator movie of like when Russell Crowe is like up for sale essentially like and then he's like getting like poked and prodded and then that's like kind of like how maybe an endo um, patient probably feels so I'm curious as to the emotional side like yes there's all this you know hoops that you had to go through emotionally and, and you even talked about like your relationships, how, how was that for you? And how were you able to navigate that and, and stay afloat, keep walking, keep living essentially? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Sometimes I look back, you know, like I, I get my feet on the ground present day and I look back and I'm like, how did I do that? How have I done that? It's not over. Like my journey with this is not over. I was just in my gyno's office two days ago to get my IUD removed because I've had it in for 10 years and the IUD has given me my life back 90%. Like, like, of course I'm using a stat. I don't know. I'm making my own stats up here, but it felt like the IUD gave me 90% of my life back. I still have a bit of pain, but I can hold a job. I can function. I can be in a relationship and all these other things. Um, how did it affect my relationships? A lot. I had a lot of friends fall away and it was painful. That was painful at the time because it felt like they were rejecting me. And most likely they were just unable to sit with the pain that I was in. You know, I had no choice. I needed to stay. It's happening in my body. They could leave and they exercised that option. That was painful. Um, my, like my intimate relationships that I had during that time were brutal, really brutal. My partner still wanted to have sex and sex hurt more than anything. Sex actually didn't hurt so much. Orgasming hurt a lot. Sex wasn't so bad, but it was, yeah, it was the crescendo moment that just was the worst. And so I didn't want to have sex anymore. Of, like, of course, you know? Yeah. Of course, if, if every time you have an orgasm, it feels like you're being ripped apart with a fork that's been like heated up in the fire and it's like red hot and just like ripping you apart. Like you're not going to want to have sex. Of course you're not. And I wasn't dating conscious partners that would understand how to be with that and how to be with me in it. I was solely like, I would not solely, but I was under that spell of, you know, and I'm a heterosexual woman and I have relationships with men and, you know, and in my twenties, like I'm in 37 now in my twenties, I definitely didn't have the wherewithal to, to speak to this. Mm-hmm. And so it was, the conversation was them saying, well, you're rejecting me. You don't care about our relationship. You obviously don't love me. And so my character and my integrity gets attacked. And then I just abandon my body and lay it down in service of keeping the peace. It was awful. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. And also during this, like the beginning time of figuring out, like, I do have this and, and these waves of pain are happening. It was an initiation to a new kind of relationship with my body. And I remember I didn't really meditate at the time, but I remember sitting in the bathtub and breathing through the pain and saying like my first ever mantras to myself, which is, I am not my pain. I am not my pain. I am not my pain. It is a thing. I like, I got to a place where I could realize it was a thing that was happening in my body, but it wasn't my identity. I love that. That's a really good mantra. Um, Savannah, have you been on this journey with Amanda, Amanda through any part of it? And if so, like, what has that been like for you being like the support and co-founder and and friend in that? So Amanda and I have had like a fast and furious, uh, friendship and relationship. We have been, we've been friends for two years now. Mm -hmm. Um, so literally sitting here and listening to this story, I'm just like 
I just have a whole 10 more levels of appreciation, um, for you, Amanda, like I know you so well, we, we share space every single day building this business and in our friendship. And I know you've had endometriosis and you've told me some of the like high level experiences, but hearing you like detail it this way, I'm just like bow down fucking in awe of you. Like I know that you're strong. I know you're courageous. I know you're resilient. I know that you are just a fucking badass. And I'm just like fucking taken back right now at what Mm. a, what a gladiator and warrior you really are. Thank you for that reflection. It's very healing. And it's very healing to have these kinds of conversations with women who want to talk about this. It's so healing for Mm. so many years, there was no one to talk to. My mom didn't understand what was going on. Like my mom loves me and she was, she tried to be at every uh, hospital appointment with me, you know, maybe the first surgery that I had, she left the hospital because the doctor said that I was going to need like, like really comfortable underwear after the surgery like high-waisted, really comfortable. So she, she left the hospital and went to the mall nearby and came back with like a whole bag of underwear. Cause she didn't know what, like, she loves me so much, but she didn't know how to talk about this. She didn't know what it was. My aunts didn't know, like none of my like elder women in my life knew what was going on. None of my friends knew what was going on either. And so finally having women to talk about this with, come on, you guys, this podcast and what you're doing and the service you're bringing to the world, like my hands are up to you. Thank you. I just, I got chills because I think everyone wants to talk about this because we all have our own interfaces with this topic in different, uncomfortable, shameful ways. And when you brought up like seeing your pain was hard to witness. And I think it's because it brings up all of our own version of whatever that is, whether that is a survival of an assault, whether that is a really terrible first period, PCOS, loss, miscarriage, um, abortion, right? Because we don't have the language. We don't have the space when we see other women in this way. It just reminds us of whatever that shit is we're carrying for ourselves. And so just like we turn away and turn away and turn away because we've been taught, we can't talk about it. It's gross. You're gross. Your body's gross. Yeah. Get get the fuck out of here with that. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's the power of, of holding spaces. We all desperately want to not feel alone in this shit anymore. Amen. But we don't even know, like, how do we like open that book and how do we start that conversation? So thank you for sharing. I know there are so many women suffering for, and, and menstruators suffering from endometriosis and this is going to touch people just hearing that and be like, that's my, me too. So thank they you. can like open invitation. If this is, if this is hitting you, whoever is listening, if this is hitting you and you want to talk to another sister in arms, I am here. You can reach mm. out. Yeah. Thank you. Savannah, as well as the witness, you have your own experience with cycles. And I'm curious, what has that relationship been with you as a cycling person? What is something that you'd like to share with us today about your own cycle? Mm. I am one of the incredibly, incredibly fortunate women. Um, I have never had cramps. I've had a very regular period. Um, Hot damn for real. Yeah. Dang. See, look, see, look, we're learning things about each other. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, my mom was the same way. Like I've just had a really fortunate, really, really fortunate experience, um, growing up. Um, Oh, what do I want to say about that? And, um, the last couple of years, um, I got divorced a couple of years ago and it basically started my entire life over. I've, you know, changed careers, left corporate building this business that I love. And in this, uh, phase where I'm just really coming home to myself and really discovering like, who am I and what's important to me and, and what are my superpowers and, and all this beautiful uncovering, um, uh, learning more about my cycle and embracing uh, the different energy levels and and what we're capable of in the different parts of our cycle like has been a really cool part of the unlearning, a conditioning, and then and really just part of my self acceptance because you know being in a corporate very masculine space for most of my adult life, you know we have these expectations to show up the same way every day and and have the same drive and energy and you know marking off that to-do list, um, and really learning about my cycle and, and tuning into the superpowers of each part of, of your cycle has been so freeing for me that it's like, Oh, Oh, it's okay. If I don't want to do like weightlifting and cardio every day of the month. Oh, it's okay to want to just like do some restorative yin yoga or go for a walk. Um, it's just been so freeing for me to, to really accept where I am every day without judgment. So that's, that's been kind of my very different experience than Amanda. Um, yeah, I, um, I love that. And, you know, being able to tap into the powers of your cycle to really empower yourself. And so on that note, I would really love to hear about how, others can claim their sovereignty. It's something that you talk about for your business, um, for Embrace Your Wild. And so um, would love to hear more about that, about how someone, um, maybe even like in the lens of people that are having or struggling with their own cycles, like how can they reclaim their sovereignty in that? I mean, so much of, I mean, kind of what I just said, it's such a beautiful bridge into the work that we do because really the root of our methodology and what we bring into embrace your wild is around self-acceptance and worthiness. Um, like at the core of most of our fears is, is worthiness or, uh, a lack of self-acceptance, right? We judge ourselves or we compare ourselves and an embracer wild as we walk women through empowering them to heal those deeper wounds and step into their sovereignty. Um, there is so much uh, of the work that we do is where we just hold space for women to be with whatever is true for them in each moment and each day and each cycle of their life. Kind of um, like you were saying before, Alex, like, you know, we as friends sometimes have a hard time be like sitting with our, our friends or our family members who are going through pain. It's the muscle of being able to sit with, can you be with blank? Can you be with grief? Can you be with death? Can you be with life? Like, so yeah, but like Savannah saying, you know, building that muscle with these women to be with, to, to let life all the way in, in, that really 
broad spectrum that we experience as humans, right? Like, because it's not all sparkles and rainbows and success and happiness, like that's part of it. There's also immense struggle and pain and loss and like, yeah, the, the pain of growing there, there's so much, um, in our human experience and so much of what we do in embrace your wild is to drop the judgment, to drop the shame, um, around whatever is true for you in each moment, right? Oh, I feel low energy. I feel shitty today. I feel like I don't want to do anything. Okay, cool. Like, what is it like to honor that and accept it instead of shaming yourself and trying to make yourself be different than you are today? You're not going to get to sovereignty through shame. No. Through self-acceptance. Yes. I just really like to say really quick, like, fuck yes to all of that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we think. (laughs) I also, I really wonder how much it, like, I am all the way down the rabbit hole on the period stuff now, like, (laughs) after these years of working with it. And I just think back of, like, following the red thread back for me, how much of that really split when we say, like, these are the default bodies that are good bodies. And if your body does not do this, it is not a good body. You have a problem. It's weird. Like, and there's, there are, there are research that shifts around like what happens around puberty. And I feel like so much of that is tied to here's the default human body. That's good. That we uphold. Here's the one that is not, if your body is not this, it is not good. Right. How much of this is entrenched in acceptance uh, around the menstrual cycle and this menstrual trauma that we're carrying with us? Because from those first experiences, I knew I was weird that I should be quiet in the bathroom unwrapping products that like, this is wrong, that this is not something to talk about, right? All of those layers from these very, very first experiences. And yeah, so I just, being able to sit with that, I think is really, really powerful. And that's uh, for me personally, what the menstrual cycle awareness has become is like being able to sit with whatever is up that day, whatever is present that day. So I think the work you all are doing is really, really awesome. Um, so you are obviously brilliant practitioners who are bringing a lot of great work to the world. And so I'm curious, how do you both practice self-care? What does that look like for you when you are holding so much intense space for other people? How do you refill that cup and stay resourced? Well, this is an ongoing conversation, (laughs) which is great. And I think it should be. I think we're not the same people day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And so you know, your self-care game should continue to evolve as you evolve. I think for like, so, so Savannah and I are actually so similar. Like we're different, but you know, we're both nine on the Enneagrams and we're both manifesting generators in human design. Like we just continue to be so bloody similar. So it gets easy to like talk for both of us and she is her own entity. So I won't do that. Uh, for me, especially as we stepped into the level of service that we're both in with this business, you know, we both walked away from our corporate, very masculine jobs to, and like into the beautiful doors of embrace your wild. And my self-care game has had to like increase 
faster than my level of service. And I get caught where my level of service increases more than my self-care game does. And like, those are the moments where it's like someone sticks a, a, a stick through my bike wheel and I go over the handlebars, like, holy fuck, didn't catch that one. So <laughs> I am noticing that my self-care needs to go up first before I up-level my service. And it, for me, it's been less about the candles and the bubble baths and the face masks and the nails and stuff. And it's been way more about nature and breathing and writing actually like just this year, this poet, there's a poet inside of me and she damned if she's going to be silenced any longer. And that writing poetry really soothes me and, and allows that energy to move. I have a, a quick question, um, and then Savannah, to- totally want to hear how, you know, you practice self-care for yourself too. Um, who is your favorite? Do you have a favorite poet right now? Oh, I do. Her name's <laughs> Ta- Tanya Hart. Tanya Hart. Ooh, I haven't heard of Tanya Hart. Okay. She, I found her on Instagram and I just like loved the writing that was coming out of her. And then she put on a workshop and I was like, yep, take my money. And I just keep going back to her workshop. She's, she's just a beautiful, warm presence. And the words that are coming out of her right now are totally resonant for me. And I love me some good old T.S. Eliot from way back in the day. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And Savannah, so how about you? How are you practicing self-care? Oh, self-care. This is just, I love this evolution of self-care is just so changed for me. Um, Self-care for me, first of all, alone time is really important. I'm realizing more and more this, this space to fill up my own cup in general. Um, But specifically, yeah, being in nature is so huge for me. I'm so, I'm such a like, connected to the earth kind of soul. And it's like that, just my feet on the ground and being with the trees or being with water is, is incredibly healing for me. And as, um, as Amanda's, uh, poetry is her, her outlet of, of connecting with her deepest self. And, um, mine is actually through like, um, moving, dancing, intuitive, feminine, uh, embodiment kind of stuff like that. Like I put my headphones in, I have a few playlists that I go to and I just am with whatever emotions need to flow through me. Um, that is, that's my, that's my self-care. I, great reminder. I love dancing and I do not do it enough. So I'm going to plug that into my calendar for the weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so what is, and I, and I know it's probably hard to pick just one, but what <laughs> one message that each of you would want to share with a menstruator, a woman, um, when it comes to, uh, what, what, it, how did you say it, um, Savannah, in, in terms of being, letting life all the way in, what is one message that you want to share to help them, help them get there? Ooh. Um, what has been so life-changing for me is in the resistance, in the struggle, in the pain is searching for the gift. Um, what is the gift? What is the lesson? How is this helping me evolve and grow into 
the best possible version of me. Um, and really that can be really fucking hard. Like Amanda, like thinking about your story of how awful that must've been in so many ways. And to try and find the gift in that can be so hard. Um, and I also know that I've heard you say that you knew at a, like a deep level that your pain and your experience would help other women. And here you are living into that now. And so even if that is the only gift you can see is that maybe you can help support someone else going through that same pain. But I would say that that has, that's a game changer perspective is what is the gift? I think I would say lean in, lean in, don't lean out. I love that. Thank you. Um, where can folks find you and learn more about the work that you're doing? Go for it, Savannah. You got this all like nicely wrapped. (laughs) I mean, the easiest way, like without like laying out the website, right. Is, I mean, Instagram, isn't it really easy way to connect with us? Um, and it's at embrace.your.wild underscore official. Um, that, Cause yeah, click on our link in the bio and that'll take you to our website, our retreats, our, you know, our free sisterhood community. You can, you can find all the things there. It's kind of like just the easiest go-to spot. And you can message us there too. And oh yeah. We can be in conversation immediately if that's where you find us. Yeah. Amanda and I both um, are on that account and in that messenger, nobody else answers our messages for us um, at this point. So if you're getting hold of us, if you're sending us a message there. Yeah. Real, real humans, folks, real humans right here. (laughs) We are flesh and blood, real humans. (laughs) Well, Amanda and Savannah, thank you so much for your time. Amanda, thank you for being so brave and sharing your end of story. And Savannah, thank you for holding space for her and supporting her in that and sharing both of you sharing your wonderful messages. I hope listeners, you feel less alone. Um, and I hope you know that you have, you know, sisters or somebody else out there that is has gone through something similar as you um that's the that's the episode for today thanks so much for listening if you want to be a guest for the podcast uh, we will be wrapping up season one of shed the shame but alex and i will be you know talking about how to rework it and make it even better and share even more stories but you can still email us at podcast at shed the for consideration because there will be another season um and if you would like to learn how you can support the Shut the Shame campaign to help support the work that WaterAid does to provide clean water and sanitation to 30 countries across the globe, basic stuff for menstruators to feel dignified when they bleed, please visit shedtheshame.co. And until the next time we get to chat, keep it messy and real, just like periods. Thank you. Thank you.